Love to hear Brian and his life change story. And that's really what we're all about here at Grace, is seeing changed lives. And I'm not sure if you know about this or not, but in the last 12 months, 136 of you have made the same decision that Brian has made. And actually, check this out. 262 people have said, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. You can clap for that, right? Is that awesome? Love that. It's totally worth celebrating. And uh, it's love to see how God changes from the inside out. Well, we started a series just last weekend called Good Goals, Bad Gods. And uh, what we said we wanted to do in the course of this series is really look at how we're investing our lives. Uh, a lot of us in the new year are going to be kind of funneling our energy in some specific ways to try to say, how, do I, how am I investing myself, right? Like kind of where is my life? I want to make some resolutions. I want to make some plans, maybe readjust some things and, and ask, where is my life headed and where do I want it to head? And so we said, we're all kind of doing that. So let's have a conversation about it. And uh, what we mentioned is that our, our goals kind of for this life, our earthly goals, sometimes can, can kind of take our energy and move it into some strange directions. And what we said we wanted to do is make sure that as we invest ourselves deeply into whatever we're putting ourselves into, that we're not turning our goal really into a God. Right? We said a goal can be a really good thing, right? It can steer us, it can move us, it can help us to focus and direct energy at usually a really good outcome. But to, to chase down a goal is very, very different, we said, than to enthrone a god. Right? When I enthrone a god in my life, that is a different animal, right? Because God himself, if I say, God, I want to follow you, he is going to be the one that would define everything that I do, everything that I am, and how I prioritize my life. Right? And even if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to follow God himself or not, or if I have maybe another God that I follow, or I'm just not really sure where I am in my faith. I think what you'll see as we walk through the course of this conversation, kind of looking at what it looks like to have a goal versus a God, we're going to see the wisdom of how God has set things up and what happens to someone when they put themselves under the direction and the leadership of a good God like the God that we believe in, in Jesus himself. So we looked at this kind of starting last week. We looked at this verse, uh, something that Jesus said when he was teaching. He was talking about what happens when kind of I'm giving myself to two different masters. Maybe when I'm giving myself to a goal and giving myself to a God, what does that create? Here's what he said. He said, no one can serve two masters. Uh, either you're going to hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. In this situation, he's talking about money. He says, you can't love both God and money, or you can't serve both God and money. What we did is we said, we want to take the principle of that, that fact that Jesus said, you can't serve two masters, just can't be done. You're always going to be divided. If I allow my goal, which is a good thing, can be a servant to me, if I allow it to elevate to the point where it's a God in my life, now my heart and my mind and my devotion is divided between these two different masters. This is the train wreck. You can't do it. You got to pick what are you going to make your life about and what's going to be your God. And so we said we wanted to have a handful of conversations about that over the course of this series. As we looked at good goals, bad gods, we want to say, let's look at some goals, health and finances and relationships, right? All good stuff. How do we interact with that in such a way that we make sure that we are kind of putting it under the leadership of Jesus 
and so that it kind of finds its rightful place, right? That it's not rivaling God. We know that that would be kind of an idol. And so we want to look at that. And today what we're going to do is dive into a conversation about our physical health and our bodies, right? Physical health and our bodies. And this is a huge conversation, um, mostly because right? Our lives are lived in our bodies. It's all that we do, right? It's where we feel pleasure. It's where we feel pain. It's how we present ourselves. And so our bodies hold a huge priority in our lives. And uh, if you kind of are tuned into media or television or social media, right, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff about ways that you can tune up your body, the ways you can lose weight, get in shape, you name it. There's a fad or a workout plan all over the place. Some of those are great. Some of them are downright dangerous, but that stuff is everywhere. And I recognize that we come into the, kind of the room and the conversation today, if you're here with us physically or if you're watching online, and it's, some of us are going to be thinking, man, health is totally on my mind right now. You're, right, you're motivated and you want this to be the year right, that, that you kill the dad bod, right, that, that it goes away. This is the year that I lose the weight, or I gain some muscle, or I do a little bit of both. This is the year that I get shredded, right? I'm going to be so ripped, right, in May or June or August, whenever Ohio thaws out, right, when I can actually take my clothes off again, I am going to be so ripped by the time that happens, right? And I'm like, good for you, man, go for it. That's awesome. Some of us are fired up, and we are ready to go conquer our physical goals, our health goals, and whatever they might be. It might be losing weight, might be adding muscle. Whatever yours is, that's great, right? So some of us walk into the room kind of thinking about health. Some of us kind of walk into the room, and health is not on our mind at all, we're like, ugh, I don't even want to have this conversation. I don't want to look under the hood. I don't want to know how maybe overweight or out of shape I am. I don't want to know my body mass index. I don't even want to go there. Right? Maybe that area of life has gotten so out of control or so neglected that it's just like, where would I even start if I, if I was even going to go down that road? Or maybe it's something more benign, right? It's just, I have my focus on something else. I'm giving myself to my job or school or whatever it is I'm doing right now that I'm really, really into, into my new boyfriend, new girlfriend, and I, I'm not really focused on health right now. All right, it's fine. Right? We all kind of all have different times and seasons in our lives where we're tuned in differently to a conversation like that. And I recognize some of us walk in with kind of a totally different lens that we're going to hear this conversation through. Uh, some of us walk in today, and it's not about getting in shape or, or kind of avoiding getting in shape. It's more about our health issues, right, and health problems. Some of us walk in today, and, and we have a disease or a diagnosis or a new allergy or a new something that is just draining our energy as we're trying to learn about how to live and cope with life in our physical bodies when it's not working really the way that that God wants it to be able to work. That's exhausting, right? It's kind of like having a bunch of open apps on your phone. It's just draining energy out of your mind and your heart. And now you're figuring out how, to, how do I live life maybe with, uh, maybe it's a, a kind of a, a nuisance size illness or disease, or maybe it's life altering and it's really taking up all kinds of energy and space just to make life work, right? So we could be in any of those camps, right? chasing down the goals. I don't even really want to look at it. Or maybe it's something that is kind of a health concern for me. And no matter where I sit kind of in, in any of those three camps, 
health is going to be an issue that's going to be very, very relevant for my life. And the question becomes, what would it look like then to put that goal and make it a good goal and put it under the leadership of Jesus? What would be kind of a Christ-centered goal? It's a big thing we walked away with last week. We said, if we're going to make good goals, they need to be heavenly goals, right? Not just earthly. They need to be goals that have Jesus and his world and his goals in mind. That's the only way I can know I'm kind of aimed the right way. And so that's what we want to dive into and really look at that. And I want to introduce us first to, to kind of two major truths about our bodies that are going to give us some guardrails to work with as we look at kind of our bodies and our physical health. And these are going to help us a ton. They're foundational truths when it comes to looking at our bodies. The Apostle Paul is going to introduce us to them both. He's talking to a church in Corinth, and here's what he says. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So the Apostle Paul, speaking to followers of Jesus, he's going to say, okay, if you said, boy, I want to follow Jesus, then what's happened is your body has kind of changed from just being your body to now becoming the home that God lives in. It's actually a temple now. The Bible will look at you and God will look at you and say, man, I, I'm making you in your physical body my home. No matter what it looks like, no matter kind of its size or shape, I live in you now. And that changes, I think, our view and our value of how we kind of interact with our body. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's like, don't you, don't you know that? Your body's kind of a big deal. God lives in it. It's, it's actually where you worship from, and he's made his home in you. He's going to go further and say, hey, hey, by the way, you're not your own, right? Like, my body, I don't own it anymore if I'm a Christ follower. He's going to say, you were bought at a price, right? Jesus laid down his life to purchase my life, including my body. And now that has been paid for by Jesus. That's what he was doing when he, was, he came to the earth, is kind of buying me back from the dead, Right? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Okay, in this context, the Apostle Paul is talking about sexual purity. But it would go broader than that. We could take kind of the whole idea of our body being a temple of the Holy Spirit and say, my body matters right? because God lives inside of it. The Holy Spirit, God himself, lives in me. I love what a, a pastor in California, Rick Warren, said when he was talking about his body and kind of how we should interact with our bodies. Here, I love it. Here's what he said. He said, God created it. Jesus died for it. The Holy Spirit lives in it. I better take care of it. Right? I better take care of it. If God made this thing, right, for better or worse, if Jesus died for it, if, if the Holy Spirit lives in it, I better make sure I'm doing my best to take care of it being a faithful kind of manager of the body that God has given me. Okay, that's one truth, right? My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Here, let me give you kind of another truth that we want to land on, and we'll kind of unpack all this. There's another thing that, that the Apostle Paul said. He says, for we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, he's going to talk about our body first as a temple and then as a tent 
He says, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. He says, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Paul's going to say, listen, the body that I live in, it's not going to last forever, right? It's, t- it's temporary. Even though God lives in it right now as a temple, it's also a tent. It's something that I, I live in and my spirit is housed in. And eventually when this life ends, my tent is going to be kind of folded up and put away and my spirit will live with God forever in eternity, right? And we get a new body one day if I'm a follower of Jesus. That's what the resurrection is all about. Right, but I have these two truths. My body is very, very valuable. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But it's also kind of just temporary because it's a tent. Right? It's not going to last forever. And when I, when I think about these two truths, they give us kind of a guardrail on how we can look and how we can interact in the spectrum of how we deal with our health. Because I don't know about you, but when I deal with my health, I tend to kind of run in extremes, and I don't know if, it's, if you're this way or not. For me, it's hard for me not to be kind of all in and totally focused and, man, I'm fired up and working out and eating healthy and going crazy, or I'm like checked out completely. <laughs> it's hard to like find a good middle ground. At least that's how it is for me. And here's the spectrum that I kind of see us walking through, right? That on one end of the spectrum, when we interact with our bodies and our health, there, there's one place we can get to where we're kind of careless with our body and careless with our physical health. We just kind of let it go, right? I eat whatever I want, I do whatever I want, and just kind of, who cares? My body will bounce back, it'll be just fine. Right, on the other end of the spectrum, I look and say, I'm consumed with my body, right? I, I worship it almost, right? I take such good care of it, I'm so focused on it, and it matters so much to me that my diet and my workout regimen is kind of dictating my life. That's the obsessive side of it when we get into that mode. And for me, it's easy for me to kind of run back and forth and land in either of those camps. God would have us land in a different place, Right? There's kind of a middle ground they think God would want us to fight for where we recognize I can't treat my body as careless. It's a temple. I can't be consumed with my body. It's just a tent. Right? It's only temporary. It's not going to last forever. Where would God have us land? I'm going to introduce us to this kind of an old school church word that I think captures this perfectly. Right? Here's the word. Ready? Consecrated. God would look at us and say, where, where I want your body to land is in a place where your body is consecrated to me. You say, Ryan, what does consecrated mean? That's a big old word, man. Well, let's unpack it here for a second. Here's the definition that I would use. Here's what it means to consecrate something. It's the choice to dedicate something to a sacred purpose to dedicate something to a sacred purpose. So here's maybe the picture you get in your mind. If you went back in the Old Testament, what you would find is the sacrificial system where, where priests would offer sacrifices to God. And what they would do is they dedicated something to God. They would consecrate it. They would have a ceremony sometimes, and, and they would say, this, this lamb or this goat or this article of clothing, this thing is set aside specifically for you, God. Right? And, and that would be God's. It would be set aside, devoted to God himself. And this is where actually God would call us to live as we interact with our bodies. He would say, I want your body, I want you to make a decision to take your body and consecrate it to me, to make it an offering, 
Check this verse out. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And not as a dead one, as a living one, one that's offered over and over and over again, continually living as we live out life in our body, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Right? God would look at us and say, I want you to, to offer and to consecrate yourself, to give your body completely to me. Now, let me help you make sense of this because I know it's a big concept. Uh, a couple months ago, I did a wedding for some friends and uh, usually when I do a wedding for somebody, they'll, they'll usually give a gift. You know, it's usually a financial gift and then, and then whatever. And, and this, this couple, they gave me a gift and they gave me an additional gift with it. This axe right here. And I just got to tell you, man, when they gave me this gift, I felt really loved. I felt really understood. It was brought a little tear to my eye, you know, because they know that, that I love chopping wood and splitting wood and cutting wood and stacking it and that I have minor obsessive issues about my wood pile. It's kind of a thing, you know, and, and they know me and I felt loved and understood by that, right? And they gave me this ax and I was like, this is so awesome. It even has a handle. Look at that. This ax has a handle so I could take it places like to church, right? <laughs> this is amazing. I love it, you know? And so they gave me this ax. I was thinking about my ax, you know, because I do that. Right? I was thinking about my ax, and I was like, you know, our bodies are a lot like this ax, right? Because if, if I wanted to, if I wanted to be careless with my ax, I totally could. I have some concrete in my driveway that needs busted up, you know, and I could take my ax, and I, I could take my axe to that concrete, man, and I could, I could probably do some damage to the concrete. I, I would definitely do some damage to my precious axe. But if I wanted to, I could do that. I could slam it into that concrete, bust it up. I'm sure I would damage this edge, which would grieve me intensely, you know, but I could do it. I, I could be careless. I could say, you know what, guys? Let's get a bunch of people today and say, let's play catch with the axe. That's going to be an awesome game. That would be a completely careless thing to do. It would be a misuse and abuse of this tool, right? You need to respect the tool, man. This is a nice tool, right? I could just say, oh, this, this is an ax. It'll be fine, and I could be careless with it in all kinds of ways. I would not be using it the way it was designed to use, be used, and I wasn't, wouldn't be using it the way that the, the giver of this gift intended for me to use it. I could do it. I could be careless with it, right? And I could bust that edge, and I would probably hurt myself or hurt other people. I would definitely damage the tool. But I could do it if I wanted to. Uh, on the flip side, I could, also be, I could also be consumed with this ax. Let me just tell you, it's so pretty. Oh, I could shine this thing up, just leave it in my garage and stare at it. I could, you know, and never use it. I could never use it. I could just look at it and shine it and polish it. And when you come over to my house, I'd take you down in the garage and show it to you. Or even better, I'll just bring it to church and show it to you all at once. <laughs> right? I could be consumed with this guy and just be like, you know what? This is so fantastic. Look how awesome it is. And never actually use it for the purpose that it was designed to be used for. Here's how this is supposed to work. My friend gave me this awesome axe. Why? Because he wanted me to make the decision 
to consecrate this axe, right? To devote it to the sacred purpose of chopping wood, right? That's all God's people are like, amen, right? That, that is what this thing is made for. It's what it's designed for. It's what it should be devoted to, is to, right, the purpose that it was called to be a, a part of, right? Chopping some wood. That's what it's for. Could I break it and be careless with it? Sure. Could I shine it and never really put it into practice? Sure. Right? But I want it to be consecrated to the purpose that it was made to be in. For those of you nervous, I'll put this away now. Here we go. Right? <laughs> This is how it works with our bodies. It's the same thing. Our bodies are made by God. He knows how they are to work. He created them. They have a design to them. And I can look and I can be careless with my body. You say, Ryan, what would that look like? Well, I can look at my body and I can say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to use my body in such a way that I'm going to be inactive Right? If I sit in an office all the time and never use my body and never exercise outside of work time, my body will begin to break down and will not function the way that it's designed to function. If I don't sleep, if I don't get adequate rest in this thing, as a general rule, if I'm careless with that, as a human being, my, my mind and my emotions and my body is going to start to break down. If, if, you don't, if I don't sleep for a long time or if I don't sleep regularly, that's going to happen. It's interesting, whenever I interact with leaders and they are uh, fatigued and tired, right, and they want to quit, I usually look at them and that's one of the first things I'll ask them is I'll ask them about their physical health because we leaders, we, we, you guys are leaders, we, we tend to think, you know, I'm really not human. We don't think that on a conscious level. We kind of believe that. I'm like, there's normal people, and then there's me. You know, we'll like go to the next level with it. But whenever I sit down with somebody who's holding a level of responsibility, I'll ask them about their physical health, because I know that's how I'm the same way. And, and what we'll find is I'll say, are you getting enough sleep? And invariably, they'll say no. You know, I'm burning the candle at both ends. I remember this quote. I think it's from uh, Vince Lombardi. He says, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Right? Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. If I'm not interacting with my body in the way that it's designed to be interacted with, it'll affect me on all kinds of levels, right? So if it's inactive, if I'm not resting it enough, if I'm not watering it enough, I'm not getting enough literally water in my body, if I'm not, uh, if I'm overfeeding it, right? If I'm kind of letting myself run wild and putting food into my body more than it needs or more than it can handle, there's nothing wrong with enjoying food, but when it goes overboard and I begin to kind of gain extra weight, my body isn't designed for that. When I interact with my body in a careless way where I begin to lean on drugs or alcohol or substances to deal with the pain of life, My organs are not made to manage and filter and process all that. My mind isn't made to function on those kinds of substances, right? I'm going to damage it. I'm going to hurt other people. That's what we heard in our story, right, even today. When I take my body and I use it in inappropriate ways sexually, when when I take my body and I use it outside of the way that God designed sex to function, one man, one woman in a marriage, where love and intimacy can flourish, right? What's going to happen? I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt others. I'm going to damage 
this body that God has given me and the heart that God has put in me, I would be able to say that from personal experience. That's how it works, right? When I, when I take my body and use it in inappropriate way sexually, it only causes me harm in the long run, right? That's a careless way to interact with my body. So, Ryan, what, what's the other side look like? What, what's it look like to be consumed then? If I was to look at my body and say, you know, I, I want my body uh, to really define me, right? My image and how I project myself and how other people see me. I, I mean, I need to be the right size. I need to have a certain amount of muscle. I need to be the right weight, the right body fat percentage. I need to project a certain image in order to make a first impression. This matters, right? And because of that, I'm going to kind of take a step back and I'm going to orient my whole life around creating that. I'm going to be consumed with it. It's going to rule me and it's going to be an obsession in my life. When my look matters more than my heart, right? I'm consumed by my body. When I would look at my body and say, um, I, I want to take care of it, but it goes beyond that. Now it's not about making my body useful to others and useful for the service of Jesus. It's about trying to live as long as I can and kind of ignoring the reality of our humanity and our mortality, where, I, where I'm trying to keep myself consumed, right, with my own body, my own look, my own image. Those are all ways that I might find myself consumed. And we might land on either side if, if we talked about kind of the health issues, right? I might land over here. If I'm dealing with health problems or a health scare, I might be careless and say, you know what, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not even going to worry about it. I don't even want to deal with it. Who cares what the doctors say? Or I'm not even going to go to the doctors. I'm not going to mess with it. I might be consumed by my health issues. And boy, if you've ever had a serious one, you know it can be consuming. It can snag all of your attention and really rock us at the deepest levels. What God would want us to do, no matter where we land on the spectrum, is move towards a place of being consecrated to God. Right? Where I say, God, this body that you have given me, right? you've offered it to me, you let me live in it, I now want to make a decision to offer it back to you, to consecrate it to you, to devote it to your sacred purpose. I want to live for you. So God, right, my hands, my eyes, my body, my face, my, right, all of me, the, the functionality of my body is at your disposal. So what would that look like to be consecrated to God? Well, if I've been in a place where I've been careless, let me just say that there might be some great goals that would come out as I want to move from a place of being careless to a place of being consecrated. See, if I recognize that I want my body to be devoted to Jesus and his use, and I recognize I've been careless with my body, that's an awesome goal to say, man, I want, I want to be sober. I love hearing that story. Right? I, I want to be sober. I want to be off of drugs. I want to be off of alcohol. I want to be, right, because we know the Bible would tell us that, that I can't be drunk on wine and be controlled or filled by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. I want my mind to be under your control. It's a great goal. I, I might look and say, I want my body to be more active. 
a goal might come out of that, right? I want to start to exercise, use my body. Why? So that when a neighbor needs help, right? Somebody needs dug out of the snow, which may happen, you know, right now, right? When, when somebody needs physical help, my body is in a place where I could be useful in serving other people. I want to be consecrated to be a servant of God, right? So I might have a goal to be more active or to, to lose more weight. Could I go on that mission trip that, I, that I've been thinking about going on, right? Or could I be physically available to help others, to invest in my grandkids or to be able to play and hang out with other people and right whatever it looks like i might have goals as i move towards being in a place of being consecrated that come from careless to consecrated certainly a huge one would be defining myself sexually the way that god defines us sexually and looking and saying i i'm not going to be reckless with my body I, right, I'm not going to take my axe and chip it into the concrete. I know that would be damaging to it. I'm going to believe, God, what you say about my body and how it works best, that, that sex is designed for marriage. And I want to limit myself to that, right, believing what you have to say about it. And there will be all kinds of goals there that would pop out about how I maintain and care about my body, the sleep I get, the activity I get, and, and right, the substance kind of uh, interaction that I have is I say, I want to be pure and useful to you, Jesus. Now, if I've been consumed with my body, I've been in a place where and it's what I care about the most, and I want to say, I, I want to move towards being consecrated to you, Jesus, what would that look like? I, I, don't, I don't have to be in great shape to be consumed by my body. Right? I, I just have to recognize that what I really believe deep down about my body, that if I looked a certain way, if I was a certain size, right, then I would be approvable to others. If I believe those lies, that I need to be a certain look, right, or I need to look like that lady or that guy, right, I, man, if, if I look like this with yoga pants on, right, that then I would be of certain value. Otherwise, they're lies. It's not true. There is no God-ordained size or shape. And recognizing and asking the question, why, am I, why do I care so much how many abs show? Why do I care so much how much muscle or, or what people think of me? Where's that coming from? I might start to ask those questions, and those might cause me to have a different set of goals as I move towards being consecrated. Maybe I end up spending less energy and less time and less money on the gym or on the look or on the surgery, and I spend more time building my soul rather than just worrying about my body. Right? Moving from a place of being consumed to being a place of being consecrated. And I don't know, guys. For, for me, I've probably run back and forth between these two in major ways. I get all in, and I get consumed, and I'm fired up, and, and some of that's okay, except that when I forget that my body's just a tent. Right? So, and then I'll lose track of it, or I'll get injured, I'll get out of the rhythm, and then I start to get careless, and I'll get out of control physically. And then I gotta remember, wait, my body's a temple. I need to respect it and worship God in the midst of it. I, I wanna be consecrated to God fully. 
And then, of course, if I'm in a place where maybe I have been sick, or maybe I am sick right now, and I would look and say, God, this sickness has been consuming me. And boy, there's some of that that's rightfully so, right? That it takes so much energy and time. Can I, can I look and say, God, I'm not going to live out of panic. I won't live out of fear. I'm going to put myself under your leadership. I'm going to consecrate myself to you. That I, I believe that you can use me in weakness, in sickness, um, in limitation, in disease, and boy, by the way, some of the most powerful servants of God I've ever seen have been people that have lived through or even gone into death through disease. So I would tell you this today, if, if you've been in that place or you're in that place today uh, where you would say, my body's limited, I can't do what I want to do, I can't even do what I would want to do for God. And you might ask, Ryan, can God still use me? Hear me. It's one of the amazing things about God. He can use you if you continue to draw breath today. Right? In weakness, in sickness, in frailty, right? in, in cancer, in death, God can use your life with power. Know that. Embrace that. And, and please give yourself to God and know that he loves you and he can use you in powerful ways. In my kind of few small instances where I've interacted physically with health issues, I have two major ones that have happened in my life. I got mono, which knocked me out of semester in school. Mono is what God used to call me into ministry. I was, I was sleeping constantly. I was a brand new believer. I was running hard down a different road. And God was, was calling me to himself because I had nowhere to go and nowhere to be. And he used that illness to draw me to himself in a, a new and a unique way. Right, another one, I had meningitis a couple of years ago. Some of you guys were around for that. Right, it spooked me, stopped me in my tracks. In my weakness, in my frailty, in that moment, God used that to, to teach me some things. In fact, he caused me to be less careless with myself and actually ante up and make sure I'm getting enough sleep, getting enough rest, not pushing too hard. But he taught me joy. He kind of burned some deep themes into my life. But if you said, Ryan, how do you do this? I would say, man, I'm always messing this up, trying to get back to the middle, personally. So that might be a question I would ask you today. Is what does it look like for you to be consecrated if you're a follower of Jesus? Would you, would you recognize yourself today as a place where you're consumed defined by how you look, how you feel by your health, whatever that genre looks like. What would it look like for you to move here? If you're in a place where you've been careless, what would be some goals that would come up, good goals, to put under the leadership of Christ as we move towards being in a place that we're consecrated? See, our bodies are not our own. It's a temple, it's a tent. It's valuable and it's worth something because God lives in it and it will not last forever. But in my days here on earth, can I land in a place where I can say, God, I want you to use my body. I want you to use me however you want to use me. 
And I don't want to be the reason. I don't want my poor decisions to be the reason that you are limited in what you want to do with my life. Right? So I'm going to maintain my health, but I won't be consumed with it. I'll fight right, to, to walk here and not to become obsessed. God, take my life and use it however you see fit. I recognize that some of us are here today and we, we haven't followed Jesus or we haven't made a decision to do that yet. And if you're here, you're just kind of hearing the conversation about how we might interact with health. You know the extremes probably. And what we've been saying in the course of this series is if you're here and you're listening here and see kind of the wisdom of, of God's way, you know the extreme and see the middle of, of what God's designed. And what we've been saying is, would you make God your goal, right, today? Like this year, maybe health is your goal, maybe finances, maybe something else, but would you figure out who God is in all of this? And would you see him as the creator of your body, as something that he could live inside of, something Jesus died for, right? And interact with that and look at it. For the rest of us, we look and say, God, this thing is yours. <laughs> it's not perfect it's not how I want it to be. It's not going to last forever, but what would you do with it, Lord? I'll take care of it for you. I'll manage it for you. Motivate me to love you through the gift that you've given of this body. Have the band come out and we'll pray for us and then we'll worship and sing together. Father, we are we're blown away Uh, that you would give us life and you would create our bodies to be lived in. Uh, the, uh, the imperfection that's in them, the weakness, the frailty. And God, also the wonder, the uniqueness. That uh, none of us are the same. That's amazing. And God, would you help us to believe today that you love us and you accept us, not because of our size or our weight, our physical design, but because of what your son has done for us. God, help us to take this in and to run with it. Right? To have goals that are honoring to you. We don't want to be careless. We don't want to be consumed. We want to be set aside, consecrated, for your purpose. Would you speak to us about that, Lord, even now? Call us towards greater and greater health where we can be used fully by you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.